Hi guys, this is Dillis. Hello there, this is Jacob Minang. Welcome to another episode of our Let's Talk podcast. Today we would be delving into chapter 8 of my book, Fighting the Good Fight. The title of today's chapter is Pruning the Fruits of Lost. As usual, before we go on, Jacob will give us a word of prayer. Let us pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of the faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. O Lord, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, rendered by the same Spirit, we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jacob, for the prayer. Today, Jacob is going to read our chapter. And right after the chapter, he and I would spend some time talking about what we think you should focus on as a couple going through um, week eight of the 52 weeks devotional. All right, Jacob, take it away. Chapter eight, proning the fruits of lust. Scripture passage. In this way, he has given us the very great and precious gifts he promised, so that by means of these gifts, you may escape from the destructive loss that is in the world and may come to share the divine nature. Second Peter 1 4. Lust is a destructive spirit that leads individuals to sin against their own bodies. Its influence has caused the downfall of many men and women and has wreaked havoc on countless marriages in our world today. Sirach 47 verse 19. When one indulges in acts of lust, they defile the temple of the Holy Spirit, their own body. This separation from the Holy Spirit's presence creates an opening for more demons and unclean spirits to afflict them. Revelations 18 verse 2. For a marriage to thrive, as discussed in chapter 4, the presence of the Holy Spirit as the third person in the marriage trinity is essential. The spirit of lust, if left unchecked, creates an environment where sexual immorality thrives, ultimately leading to significant problems between married couples. Lust is a powerful force that seeks to satisfy selfish desires and disregards the sacred boundaries of marital intimacy. When individuals succumb to the allure of lust, they engage in sexual behaviors that violate the covenant of marriage and compromise the trust, emotional connection, and spiritual unity between spouses. The pursuit of physical pleasure outside the bounds of commitment and faithfulness erodes the foundation of the marital relationship, causing emotional pain, resentment, and brokenness. The consequences of lust manifest in a loss of intimacy, strained communication, and a sense of betrayal, hindering the growth and fulfillment of the marriage. It is imperative for couples to recognize the destructive nature of lust and actively work together to cultivate purity, self-control, and honor, guarding their marriage from the devastating effects of sexual immorality and embracing the beauty of God's design for marital intimacy. If you or your spouse are struggling with the spirit of lust within your marriage, it is crucial to recognize that this is a spiritual battle, not merely a physical one. It is common for individuals to direct their anger towards the physical person they see before them. 
neglecting to confront the spirit responsible for the manifestation of sexual immorality. Instead of resorting to cursing or engaging in confrontations with others involved, it is vital to engage in spiritual warfare through prayer. Prayer is the most powerful and effective weapon in this battle. For those who do not struggle with sexual loss, it is important to acknowledge that other forms of lust may affect us. In Revelation 18 verse 3, we learn that there are two types of lust prevalent in the world. Lust leading to sexual immorality and lust leading to material riches. Some may be spared from the loss that results in sexual immorality, but may find themselves battling the desire to accumulate material possessions. This form of lust manifests as an insatiable urge to acquire whatever is seen, regardless of actual need. It drives individuals to continually seek out new televisions, phones, perfumes, shoes, clothing, and bags, even when their current possessions suffice. It is important to differentiate lust from greed which leads one to idolize what they already possess and desire more of the same. Lust, on the other hand, creates an insatiable hunger for fleeting experience with anything and everything that catches one's eye. This is why a man may have a beautiful wife but still lust after someone unattractive. The presence of lust in his heart diminishes his sense of shame, Sirach 23 verse 6, and impairs his ability to restrain himself even in morally repugnant situations. Whether struggling with loss that leads to sexual immorality or the loss for material possessions, the fruits it bears in one's life ultimately lead to personal downfall and can negatively impact the marriage. Lust in its various forms poses a significant challenge to the sanctity and harmony of marital relationships. For husbands, the temptation often leans towards sexual immorality. This form of loss can manifest as an attraction to someone outside the marriage consumption of explicit content or even fantasies that exclude their spouse. Such indulgences, even if they remain hidden, can create an emotional and spiritual distance between a husband and his wife. Over time, this distance can erode trust, diminish intimacy, and lead to feelings of betrayal and hurt. The husband's preoccupation with external sources of pleasure can make his wife feel undervalued, unappreciated, and even replaceable undermining the very foundation of their marital bond. On the other hand, wives often grapple with a different kind of lust, one rooted in materialism. The modern world constantly bombards individuals with images of perfection and luxury, leading many to equate self-worth with possessions. For some wives, this can manifest as an insatiable desire to acquire the latest fashions, gadgets, or symbols of status. This relentless pursuit of material wealth can divert attention and resources away from the family's genuine needs and priorities. It can also lead to feelings of inadequacy or discontentment, as there's always something newer or better just around the corner. Just as a husband's lust can make a wife feel undervalued, a wife's materialistic desires can make the husband feel that he is not providing enough, leading to feelings of inadequacy and strain in the relationship. Both forms of lust, if unchecked, can divert attention from the true essence of marriage, a deep, senseless love and commitment to one another. Chastity is the path we must embrace to overcome the grip of lust in our lives. Chastity encompasses more than just abstaining from sexual immorality. It extends to a mindset of purity, self-control, 
and honoring the sacredness of our bodies and relationships. By cultivating a chaste lifestyle, we develop the strength to resist the temptations and enticements of lust. For married couples, chastity involves remaining faithful to one another in body, mind, and heart. It means nurturing a deep and intimate connection with our spouses and prioritizing their emotional and physical well-being. It requires open communication, vulnerability, and a commitment to mutual respect and honor. Unmarried individuals can embrace chastity by refraining from engaging in sexual relationships outside the bounds of marriage. However, chastity is not solely about abstinence. It encompasses a broader perspective of purity and self-discipline in all areas of life. It means directing our desires and passions towards virtuous pursuits, channeling our energy into building healthy relationships and pursuing personal growth. To cultivate chastity, we must also be mindful of the influences that surround us. We should be discerning in the media we consume, the friendships we cultivate, and the environments we expose ourselves to. By surrounding ourselves with uplifting and morally sound influences, we create an atmosphere that supports our journey towards chastity. As we conclude this chapter, let us commit ourselves to the practice of chastity, recognizing that it is a lifelong journey. Through prayer, self-reflection, and reliance on the grace of God, we can prune the fruits of loss from our lives and marriages. May we embrace chastity as a path to true intimacy, genuine love, and the fulfillment of our shared divine nature. Reflection question. In light of the discussion on the destructive nature of lust and the importance of cultivating chastity in our marriage, how can we actively foster an environment of purity, self-control, and honor within our relationship? Are there any specific areas or habits that we need to address and commit to change in order to cultivate a greater sense of chastity in our marriage? Action step for the week. This week, as a couple, commit to setting boundaries and creating a plan to cultivate chastity within your marriage. Take time to openly discuss and identify specific areas where you may be susceptible to the temptations of lust. Together, create guidelines and strategies to support each other in upholding purity self-control and honor in your thoughts, actions, and interactions. Pray together for strength and seek accountability from trusted individuals who can support you in this journey. Thank you, Jacob. Before we even go into talking about some of the things that our couples for this week that are doing the devotional program should be mindful of, it's important to place this new chapter that we've read in the context of the past seven chapters that we've dealt with. I'll keep it brief because I know you guys can go back and, and read it. We're talking about lust at the moment, but we're talking about lust because it is one of those spirits that fill us when we don't allow the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. In chapter four, we talk about the importance of the Holy Spirit being the third person in our marriage and how it helps us to be able to build a stronger bond, be able to fight this good fight. How do we do that? In chapter three and chapter one, we talk about how a, cup, a couple is called to do that. The man is called to build these bonds, to build it, to fight this fight, by showing grace to his wife through acts of love. And the woman is called to fight this fight by showing grace to her husband through her acts of respect and reverence towards him. And in chapter 
two, we go through how it is important for women to submit true respect because they're functioning under the man's authority. So God gave this man authority to be able to lead the family. And chapter one kind of talks about why God gave the man authority. God gave the man authority so he should be able to bring the family to a point where they can cultivate a one vision. The only way that, that it works for the man and the woman to cultivate one vision is by remembering the difference between their mission and their purpose. So in the very beginning, we have one shared mission. We were created with one shared mission to know, love, and be with God forever. So that one piece is why we're here on that. We're working our way towards that mission of being with God forever. And so the man is called with his authority to use his acts of love to inspire his wife, his children, to work with him towards that mission. The Holy Spirit is meant to make it easier for you. So the question becomes, why is it not easy? Why is it not so easy? Why do people not just do this? if the Holy Spirit is meant to make it easier. And the reason is because a lot of us do not have the Holy Spirit in us, or we have this fleeting relationship with the Holy Spirit. And the reason why we, we have this fleeting relationships with the Holy Spirit is because we have the relationship with the other spirits, the bad spirits, like the spirit of pride, the spirit of greed, the spirit of lust. And once those ones show up, the Holy Spirit is pushed to the background or so to speak is ejected from its place that it has to fill within us. So I think Jacob, with that summary, we can kind of go into talking about how the spirit of lust is able to push the Holy Spirit out of us and grow its own fruit. Thanks Elise for that great summary. Uh, and so you, you, you start chapter eight from the fruits of, of lust very aptly with the Bible verse with, uh, on second peter on, on second yeah. peter so so peter's uh, second letter uh, uh chapter, chapter one verse four uh which reads in this way he has given us the very great and precious gifts he promised so that by means of these gifts you may escape from the destructive lust that is in the world mm -hmm. and may come to share the divine nature yeah so I, I wanted to point out here because someone might be saying what are these gifts that 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 help us to to escape this loss like the destructive power of loss the gift of your wife right helps you to be able to to build a relationship with her so that like uh, um like uh Saint paul was warning the corinthians they wouldn't step out where he says it's better to go without being married but if you have if you cannot go without being married if you cannot keep yourself pure it's better to marry right because within that marry the gift of marriage allows you to fulfill your inner desires so that you don't you don't um, um you don't express them in lustful ways so th that's that's the gift that the, uh, peter is talking about here there are two forms of loss that's revealed to us in the book of revelations revelations 18:3. And this chapter goes on to say that um, uh, there's the lust of immorality, but there's the lust of material riches, right? And both of those forms of loss are destructive. So, it, it, so, so, so then, so what is the loss that leads to sexual immorality? Obviously, it's one that is when you have attraction to someone outside of your marriage. 
yeah for, for, for those that are married and 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 so in alternatively just consuming explicit sexual content remember christ warned that if you only by looking at a woman lustfully you have already committed adultery mm -hmm. so so if so if you might not even be looking at a woman be looking at sexually explicit images in the context that's outside of your spouse then you then then you're being lustful which leads to sexual immorality even just mere fantasies that exclude your spouse you're just fantasizing about being yeah. with a different that's woman or a different man yeah, that's been lost for this particular loss affects the men in greater proportion than it affects the women, right? And and, and I think the simple explanation sociologically, it's it's not because not really genes, it's because men tend to be visual in mm. their in their in their in their expression. So so it is it's about what men see, unlike women that women look for a relationship. Yeah. And so it takes a little bit more. Not that women are, cannot be lossful, but 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 it happen. It loss will happen much quicker for men because men are by nature visual. Visual, yeah. They. So, but um, this particular sexual uh, immorality is is very detrimental because it leads you to sin against your own body. So that is the destructive part in it because you destroy your own body which is meant to be the temple of the holy spirit so that sin against your body causes the holy spirit to leave because it's no longer um, a pure space you've destroyed that temple so it's no longer a pure space for the holy spirit to dwell within you and that creates an opening for exactly all the other spirits so you can say that those people that have all lost are leaving themselves wide open for all the other ones. So for the what spirit are of pride, to to take hold. the spirit of greed, the spirit is it, it, just, yes, it just left themselves completely open for that. Yeah, so so I mean, it, as you open yourself up to other spirits or other demons, as Dilys clearly point, pointed out, then it, what is happening is that you're disregarding the sacred boundaries of marital intimacy. If you eventually succumb to loss, that eventually leads to adultery, it's like it's like 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 sowing your seeds outside of the boundary of your farm, and so who do you think is going to end up harvesting those fruits? It's not it's not going to be you, but but there's going to be negative consequences to you, and because as a result of that lustfulness, you're violating your your the covenant of your marriage, and and that compromises the trust, and 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 in some instances, or actually ultimately, the emotional connection and spiritual unity between your spouse, you and your spouse. Yeah, and this causes really significant problems, Jacob. I, I think we cannot emphasize it enough because the emotional and spiritual distance between a husband and a wife is is really important for it to be close for them to continuously build a strong marriage. And, but, and if your wife, and if your wife or husband, depending on who is lost for years, actually aware of that lostfulness, then then you can imagine the impact on them. They feel un, unappreciated. They feel undervalued. And they might start even second guessing themselves, and 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 this might actually lead to 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 irreplaceable under irreplaceably undermining the foundations of a marital bond. Yeah, so I guess I I want to just stop here and make sure that as you're reading the the chapter this week, um, this is one aspect to really just talk about in terms of lust that manifests through sexual immorality. Is this something that's a concern within your marriage? And do you, have you seen it um, come between you guys emotionally and spiritually? Has it caused this rift already? Have you undermined your marriage, right? So sometimes it's really important to talk about it and talk about it in the context of 
do you realize that this is as a result of the destruction that you've caused to your body and that and because of that the holy spirit cannot dwell within you enough to help you be in the disposition to show love to your wife or respect to your husband because you've created this emotional and spiritual bond between the two of you so other um the other form of loss that is is important to to note here is the loss that leads to material riches this form of loss um is just that that insatiable like you cannot satisfy it is insatiable desire to acquire whatever is seen regardless of the actual need that you have right so and and sometimes this could be confused with greed because you're continually seeking out new things even when your current possessions are sufficient so it's not like you're trying to fulfill a certain need or you said mm-hmm. or you want for that matter so yeah. so may, 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 so so then sometimes because of of this you are you are quitting the new things that you acquire to yourself where you're kind of pegging yourself what to how many new things you can acquire or those material possessions yeah and like with the other one that i said it's more um the men are more susceptible to the immoral loss it would right? lo- loss that leads to right. sexual immorality yeah. it's more common for men because yeah. men tend to be visual yeah but, but this but, one but, is but more common women, for yeah, women yeah yeah you, yeah you would it, so depending on what you're talking about here especially if you're talking about uh, uh, uh things that have to do with beauty uh clothing we women women tend to fall more prey to to this uh yeah. not that men uh, are not affected by this type of loss but it's it's, it's more common a, a lot more yeah. women, women right yes. because i think because it also comes with this undertone where they equate to their self worth to their self worth right. they equate some of those things like uh, you know like i would dress up and i'll put some makeup on and i come down and i'm hoping you would say you look beautiful today right there is that there is that inner desire even in a little bit i mean there's some inner desire in you to receive that 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 um acknowledgement that that boost up your self worth right and yeah. and because and because of if for women a lot of time that their beauty or the sort of thing hinges more on their act that their external dispensations the world how they dress us think right, that way, how, how right. the dress how the makeup how what what happens to them and 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 and, and so they resist having to repeat clothing items no matter how new they may, may be uh, they resist interacting with, with with other women in the same setting that might wear something similar Yeah. Uh, that's why this part this part of lockdowns affects women more i mean men don't mind showing up at a party and all 50 of them are wearing a black suit, a black suit. That, that, that's okay and <laughs> a black shirt it's, and it's black just tie. the culture in which we, right, we right. we've been raised right yes yeah, unfortunately yeah. a male dominated society so then women will send the fall of this it doesn't mean that you don't have men that are affected by this we're just talking about yeah. but yeah. but because of the societal pressures women will tend to be the ones that we affected by this type of law i more. think here you talk about the fact that sometimes this particular type of laws can be They, they, they can be a little bit of overlap yeah. between lust and greed but but you should not confuse lusting with greed yeah because greed is is really when you want the same of more like you're holding on to that thing that you want you're almost idolizing you want the same of that you thing. Want, you want more of the same more of the, of the same. same yeah yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. sorry you want more of the same and then the lust part is that you want new and different things even when what you already have is enough is good enough for right. you you want new and different thing and in the book i give the example of a a husband that 
um, that's lusting after every and any woman that he comes across. Yeah. In which case, then the women are not in any, any category. It doesn't matter all shapes and forms. And so mm -hmm. sometimes if a woman that his husband is interacting with might not compare anything with the, with the wife that with his wife. Yeah. Because it's not about going after a much more beautiful woman. It's yeah. going after everything that puts on his skirt. So a man that's suffering from the spirit of loss would leave a very beautiful wife at home and would still be tempted or attracted to pay for sex with a prostitute. Right. So, 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 a, a man that suffers from loss would tend to be the one that 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 goes to to uh, uh, the brother. A brothel yeah. and places like that because yeah. it, because he's not thinking about what kind of woman is going to meet there. It's just that loss, yeah. and it starts for, first from from watching pornographic movie, from from looking at pornographic magazines, yeah. everything and anything that 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 keeps that loss going. Yeah. Yeah, versus a man that's suffering from greed would be yeah, that so man. We might still have a man that is that has that suffering from sexual immorality, but it's greed in the context that it could be somebody, a man that is dating the same woman outside yeah. of wedlock, yeah. and it's consistent because maybe there's a history there. Yeah. So in and that case, you're saying you already have what your own wife, but you're being greedy, yeah. and, and 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 he will have a serious problem if that woman dates some other man. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, yeah. Because he wants the two. He's greedy. He wants the two, and he doesn't yeah. want anybody to come close. So that is greed. Mm -hmm. But the man that is lustful doesn't care about what is happening to the life of that woman that he's that, that, yeah. that he's interacting with yeah. because he moves on to the next one and he might come back to that one accidentally but he's not trying to keep it for himself he just wants to have it for that one time and then moves on yeah so in short the let's go back to the loss that leads to material to material riches it causes you to divert attention and resources away from your family, right? And the genuine needs of your family and the priorities of your family to acquiring these material things, right? right? And that's one of the bigger consequences of this particular loss that's leading to material riches. They, it also makes you feel inadequate. And we touched on this yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because you're equating your, your self-worth to material possessions. Yeah. Then you'll always... never be able to find yourself worthy, right? Because the, the experience, the the, 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 the the sense of worthiness will be fleeting. Yeah, there are always new and better ones. Yeah, there are always yeah. new and better things. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how full and how crowded your closet is. Even if you break that closet and expand it, so you can take more clothes. Mm -hmm. you, you you never be, be, be happy. Yeah. Uh, even and, if they're filling up to the brim and, and, and so you've gone for years without wearing some because again, you don't, your goal is not even to repeat them. Yeah. You just want new ones. By the time they're advertising on TV, the next day you're standing in line at the, at the shop trying to, get, trying to get a piece for yourself. Yeah, and that leads to that feeling of inadequacy and discontentment in, within you and you know it. So this is one of those things that as you're working with your spouse, ask yourself, self-reflect for yourself as you're talking with your spouse talk about how if you fall within this category where you have this feeling of inadequacy and this this um, discontent within you then you can truly start looking at okay these are some of the things that are wrong this is why i'm feeling this way it's not you and there is so many ways you can so you learn need, you need to, to get over that. it. You need to work yeah, on and, that. And this, this is this is the person that is acquiring all these things that still ends up feeling adequate, things experiencing. Yeah. Feeling. But, but you know the impact on the other person. So if, let's say if it's a wife that is, that is struggling with all this acquiring of things, then the husband starts feeling like like they're not providing enough for their wife. Yeah. They're feeling yeah. like, oh, there's something missing. They're not doing enough. 
and and vice versa if it's a, the, the, the the wife that has a husband that just keeps acquiring stuff yeah uh, that's at some point you start doubting doubting what is it you cannot give the obvious it's pretty obvious with the case of of lots that leads to to, to adultery for the man the, the mm-hmm. wife will start doubting that's herself it. but similar with material riches if, yeah. if if your wife just has this ordinary desire to acquire material things um, you, you start thinking that maybe you're not providing enough because you run into instances where you find things that they came and left in the boot of the car, in the trunk of the car, Yeah. when they found out that you're in the house and you're, you're stumbling on these unopened boxes and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, is, that is very common within our society, right? But the consequences of loss are the same, whether it's more immoral, or whether it's if, it's, if, if it's linked to sexual immorality or just acquisition of material things, it goes back to that to that loss of of shame that we talked about. Yeah, so Sarah, we talked about greed as well. Yeah, the book of Sarah really goes into it. And if you you're looking to do this, I'll encourage you guys open that book and read from chapter 23, verse six. You would see that it talks about how this loss diminishes your sense of shame. Yeah. And because, and, and I talked about this last week, that shame is actually a very good defensive mechanism that was meant to reconcile your conscience to your action, right? And once as that is diminished, your conscience and your actions now no longer are no longer talking. There's incongruency, yeah. there's disconnect between your, your conscience because shame is what is supposed to, to keep your conscience in check. Yeah, yeah. So so right there, you have a So if your conscience is numb, then there's lots of self-restraint, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and self-control, yeah. which is which which is the biggest cure to 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 lust yeah. and, and greed as well, the the, the, the prior chapter. Yeah, but yeah, like you said, it impairs your ability to self-control. When once as you've lost the sense of shame, you no longer can self-control yourself because you don't even realize this is shameful for me to stop, right? And sometimes also it leads to the loss of intimacy. And that's and that's, your re- and that's and that's because of the reaction to your partner of your partner. If your partner is feeling inadequate, then then there's going to be an impact on intimacy. Both from loss that leads to acquisition of material stuff, and the loss that leads to sexual immorality. Because if 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 the, somebody feels like they're not providing enough for you, mm-hmm. then 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 they don't they, they become lacking even in the bedroom because yeah. they feel like they don't deserve it. And then there's a strain in the communica- communication because most of the time. Your, your conversations are criminals. And then of course, there's a sense of betrayal. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And it, this all hinders the growth and the fulfillment of a marriage, right? I can just imagine being in a marriage where I feel like we no longer are intimate. There's no intimacy. There's no communication, of course, because the, all you talk to each other is at that high tension of screaming voices. Right. Somebody shuts down or the other person is constantly in a bitter mood and ready to fight because they feel betrayed. Right. So your marriage is not going to grow and it's never going to feel self-fulfilling. Now, the question is, okay, Delis, you've talked about all these things. What do we do about it? And it's very important that you start by recognizing that this loss has a destructive nature in it. And its destructive nature starts from the fact that it destroys your body. Let's go back a little and talk about the body part, right? Remember when we talked about the the first chapter one on um, love, of submission with love, we start by introducing the concept of 
unity of body. If you right. do not have any body, there's no unity. So loss destroys that body. That's the first thing it does. And so start by recognizing that once you allow the spirit of lust in you, you've started by destroying your body and which now allows for nobody to be there for the unity of body with your other spouse, which is a very essential ingredient for love to thrive within you guys, right? Yeah, and it's important to step back and recognize as as, as St. Paul uh, says to his, in his letter to the Ephesians that uh, we battle not of the of of flesh but of principalities. So ultimately, this is a spirit that is God got into you and taking the place of the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's so it's got more, into your spouse. It's right. more important for you to realize it. Right. That right. It's your spouse. Yeah, especially when you're the one on the receiving end. If you're the one yeah. that feels betrayed, recognize that it's a spiritual battle. It's not merely a physical one. Yeah. And so, what you have to provide for your spouse is prayer. While, yeah. while, while for, for, and your prayer is that your spouse should gain self-control, yeah. which, which is a, which yeah. is the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Oh, and and, and, and self-restraint. And prayer is just another part of that armor of God that right. we, we talk about. And it's, it's one of the things we cover at the very end of the book. But um, prayer becomes very important. It's the most powerful weapon for you to use here. Trust me, wherever you are out there, prayer is more powerful than beating up your husband or beating up your wife. And also beating be up is not just physical beating. Yeah. Sometimes emotional beating, yeah. I use a word, is even worse than just, sometimes the wish you are just use your hands on them and then yeah. be over with. Yeah. Or going to beat up even the, the, the girl or the boy that's outside yeah. of the marriage, yeah. right? Yeah. All of that is you trying to fight physically. It, ne it never ends well for you when you, yeah. get, when you decide to use, use physical means in yeah. the battle. It's you always end up losing. You only yeah. compound the situation. You don't make it any better. It's like coming to the fight with uh, with uh, a stick. When, when... Coming to a knife fight with a stick or, come, <laughs> or coming into a gun fight with a knife. With a knife, yeah. yeah. There, there's no power. There is no way for more powerful and effective than the weapon of prayer in this case. Right. Yeah. So it's very important that you remember that. And then the next thing for you that's actually battling with this and you're asking yourself, how do I work on it? How do I get out of it? In addition to praying, we're going to ask you to try to start cultivating the virtue of chastity. Yeah. yeah. You have to be mindful of the influences around you when you're trying to build the virtue of chastity, which is what type of media do you consume? What type of newspapers do you read? What type of websites do you go to when you're holding your, your, your mobile device? Yeah. You know, what kind of friendships do you cultivate? All of those would, would play into your ability to cultivate the, the virtue of chastity. Yeah, but I think that let's talk a little bit about chastity because this is uh, this is right. one that a lot of people don't come don't the, the, don't the, the, understand. The be changed in marriage, right? Yes, yeah. a lot of people don't understand this one because a lot of people talk about um um uh, chastity the, only in the context of celibacy. Yes, yeah. they talk about it in celibacy, but right. they're not asking you to be celibate. Right, and, and yeah. chastity yeah. is not the absence of sex. Yes, except yes. except for the unmarried people. For the unmarried people, it's kind of straightforward. But but chastity involves remaining faithful to one another in, in body, mind, and spirit. Yeah. It actually or means nurturing. Yeah. yeah. In reality, when you're talking chastity for a married couple, you're talking about nurturing a deep and intimate connection with your spouse and prioritizing their emotions and physical well-being. Yeah, exactly. So it's learning to control yourself enough and learning to be aware of your body, your mind, your heart, right? Yeah, and yeah. that of your spouse. Right. And, 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 and um, 
working to the, the, the needs that you have because this, this behavior that you have to be able to express the spirit of loss immorally outside of your marriage is something you've probably cultivated over time. So you need to dial it back. And here, um, for those of you that are listening and want to know, there's a very good book, um, The Gift of Sex by Clifford Pena. Look up that book. It really helps you to understand um, this distorted nature of why you are you're seeking outside your marriage. It also helps you to be able to understand what chastity means and what and how you can work within your marriage and still be chaste, right? Because it helps you to build self-control within that marriage. You can learn to communicate things that are worried, are bothering you. You can learn to have your part your partner be that that your spouse be that partner that you need to help you work this through to get out of this rut that you guys have found yourself in. And of course, open communication and vulnerability and commitment. Usually the spirit of loss exploits a situation where you already feel like you cannot com communicate, you cannot be vulnerable to this person. You're hiding something. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, I was just gonna highlight what when you say vulnerable there and people are wondering what you might be vulnerable. So so when you find yourself hiding something from your spouse, it means you're you're avoiding being vulnerable. And and if you should be ever vulnerable to anybody, it has to be your spouse. Yeah. So if you find yourself feeling like you're uncomfortable about your spouse doing something about you, there's something wrong there. You need you need to be intentional about having open communication about those areas of your life. Don't hide your needs from your your spouse and be talking about about your wants. Yeah. Yeah. So, but for unmarried couples, though, this um, um so so when you're referring here to couple people that are walking their way towards marriage, yes, right? yes, that you if you if you know you're married because mm -hmm. fighting the good fight, you can still work on it. And I do know a couple of people that are working through this book in yeah, the engagement yeah, they're walking, state. Yeah, they're walking they're their way engaged. to marriage. Yes. yes. So for married couples, chastity is that refrain from engaging in sexual relationships outside your bounds, the bounds of marriage. Outside of the, the bounds right? of sacram sacramental marriage, yeah. Yeah, but it should not be, be, be limited to abstinence only. It's very important that you don't think, oh, as long as we're abstaining, we're chaste, right? That's not what this is all about. It's It's it encompasses building purity within your relationship, right? And self-control in all areas of your life. It's not just only in the fact that, okay, I'm going to abstain from um, uh, going into sexual intercourse with this lady. Right. So, 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 so you, you'll be thinking, yeah, besides, uh, so you, yeah, you're thinking more of being able to direct your desires, right? You'll be directing your desires towards uh, uh, passions or, or vicious pursuits. Yeah. So, so you're still yeah. having a lot of fun together. You're building a relationship leading up to marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but you're not just, oh, I'm just, we're going to abstain from some sex or so yeah. I good. But yeah. but what are you doing with your energies? You're channeling your energies towards building healthy relationships yeah. and pursuing personal growth. Personal yeah. growth that's going to benefit that marriage eventually. Yeah. And so like a very small example would be you can still show chastity it, even when you're kissing your spouse or you're kissing your partner, right? right. Um, you you don't want to then kiss your partner that you guys are trying to practice yesterday. You don't want to kiss them to the point where they are so aroused. That's tempting them. 
that's leading them to that extreme end. You can still in your chastity, right, be able to kiss your partner um, and show restraint and not take them to an extreme end. And also, I remember teaching this to a, a younger couple, Jacob, and the, there was a feedback I got from them that I really wanted to share here because I, I remember teaching them that they could do chastity, they could be chaste uh, within their relationship. And um, they started practicing it. And I think there was this moment where they were having this, this um, misunderstanding with each other. And the, of course, the, the young lady was in a very bad mood and the, 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 the guy was thinking, okay, let me address this. And finally, the guy just stopped and addressed it. And I remember the young lady saying they, they both agreed that they would never have addressed what was happening to them if they had been sexual with each other because they would have felt like this was somehow coming from a sexual encounter. And so their fear to address it would have been colored by the fact that they would have been more afraid that it would affect them having sex after that. So it was very profound to hear that feedback that this could be a rewarding way to really truly build, build relationship with each other without the pressures of the sexual intimacy coming into it. So um, like we were saying, it's very good to cultivate this because when you cultivate this, it helps you to be mindful um, of yourself, right? You can keep a good surrounding and, and, and stay uplifted morally and allow yourself to be influenced just by people that are within the same sphere, right? Try to keep an atmosphere of supporting people around you, around your journey. This is not an easy thing to do, but it can be done and it is being done by a lot of other people. So you're not alone. It's just a matter of making so your when, mind. I mean, and when we live in a culture where the negatives are projected the most, it's like when you, you see 10,000 people go demonstrate, go to a rally, right? And it looks like it's a whole country. And sometimes you look at it and you forget that there are 300 million people in the United States. Yeah. So, so, so it is to these vices. The few people that do it, uh, that, 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 that fall on the wayside, is projected so much that you don't realize that the vast majority of people are actually not not out there doing that. It's the same thing here, even about uh, when you hear about the scandals involving priests, because the priest, the few people that are involved in that scandal, it's so um, projected. Ah, a few between. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's repeated over and over in the media that you, you start assuming that is the norm. So, so and, yeah. and, and then when you're doing the right thing, just like with the case of trying to practice justice, you might think that you're alone in that journey. Once you start talking to people before you realize that there are a lot more people that are in that journey with you and that you can share perspective with. Yeah. All right, Jacob, we've come to the end of this. And uh, I hope that our couples that are doing their 52 weeks devotional program would be able to use this as a way of talking. Um, I know maybe some of you don't even have the immorality as part of um, a problem in your life, but it's nice to also talk about it in the context of how do you make sure you stay away from that and you keep your marriage safe and the sanctity of your bonds um, strong and, and thriving. Um, now that we've come to the end, we're going to have Jacob uh, pray for us. Let us pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we come to the close of this week, we humbly bow before you, grateful for the insights and challenges we have encountered in our study on lust and chastity. 
We ask for your grace and guidance as we strive to cultivate purity, self-control, and honor within our marriage. Grant us the strength to set boundaries, support one another, and seek accountability as we navigate this journey together. Fill our hearts with a deep reverence for the sacredness of our bodies and the intimate bond we share. Help us to embrace chastity as a pathway to true intimacy and lasting fulfillment. May your Holy Spirit continue to guide us each step of the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So the next chapter that we will be dealing with next week, Tuesday, would be chapter 9 on pruning the fruits of jealousy. Before that, though, guys, we are going to be on on Thursday at 9 p.m. for the live chat. So join us. Um, for those that have questions, please, you can submit it at the bottom of this link. We'll be able to take your questions live as we talk to, with other couples. And uh, you can also send a message to Jacob and I on the site by text or WhatsApp, and we'll be able to respond to your questions when we are live. Also, if you're a couple out there and this seemed to have pricked your imagination and you have something to share or like to contribute something or just have an open discussion with us, we are more than willing to bring you on the studio so we can talk together. Just give Jacob or I a call and we will work through those, um, those logistics. Please, if you have been watching this on YouTube, uh, consider liking, sharing, and subscribing. Also, click on the bell sign. Talk to you Thursday. Bye. Let's talk about love. Like you and me all night, and let's talk about.